What is up, guys? RLTK PHX Real Talk Phoenix Podcast, episode 34. 34. It's kind of strange right now because we haven't been sitting like this in a while. And if you guys remember several episodes ago before before our old friend Rona hit, uh, we kind of like set up the podcast studio, like we built this thing out in the crib. Yeah. And uh, we got sound panels on the walls and all those different types of things. And we were just getting ready to go and everything got crazy. And so we've been Zooming for forever and now we're finally kind of together again. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. What are you guys pretty excited to be together? Yeah, hopefully we survive this podcast and we don't get coronavirus. Right. I mean, I mean, we're not really we socially all, distancing We temperature right checked before we came in. <laughs> this right. is a terrible example, children. Yes. <laughs> Don't follow Do your as mindset. I say, not as I do, right? Exactly. Hashtag boomer. We're actually going to be talking about some of that. Hashtag, Hashtag boomer. boomer. <laughs> okay, boomer. Dang. But yeah, it's a strange time. Obviously, we know we're in Phoenix. The governor came down just today and was talking about everybody wearing masks. We're like one of the highest populations for COVID uh, in America right now. Uh, and what, however you view that, whether it's because we're testing a bunch or whether it's because, um, what's the other reason we're testing a bunch or because there's been a spike. Yeah, underreported. There's been a spike in uh, numbers because of the protests, which is something else we're going to talk yeah. about today. Um, and so, yeah, we've been really hanging out in current events. We've been hanging out in uh, Black Lives Matter, kind of the systemic racism, oppression conversation. Um and we even last week had our friend uh, Caleb on who was talking about how white supremacy has shaped America. And so what we wanted to do today was just kind of get back to our roots a little bit, because obviously our organization is all about reaching Gen Z, right? Reaching the younger generation and influencing them in a way that would cause them to uh, live and fulfill the destinies that they have and do incredible things in our world, right? And in order for that to happen, they need mentorship, they need leadership, they need wisdom. Uh, but the way that Gen Z needs it is very different from the way that generations have needed it previously. Mm -hmm. And if we don't pay attention to this, we're going to lose them. Yeah, it's just true. the reality. We're going to lose them. And we find ourselves in a pivotal cultural moment right now because this generation is p maybe more just disoriented than we've seen in a mm -hmm. really long time. What do you think the reason for that is? Um, I think the reason for that is that they have grown up in a world where they have seen injustice at a mass scale through social media. Yeah. They've seen it at a mass scale through social media. And I think there's a level of uh, maybe cultural intelligence is the right way to put it. Or there's a level like of global citizenship. Yeah. There's a level of understanding that they have about the world. And so like they perceive things at, their, at young ages that we weren't perceiving at their age. Right. We, weren't, well, we didn't see the world the way yeah. they see it. We weren't thinking about racism. We weren't thinking about, um, socioeconomic inequality we weren't thinking about uh, sexual ethics and all those different types of things but they're thinking and processing through all this stuff and there could be tons of that happening even in the context of their high school you know because we live in a country where there is a lot of people that immigrate I mean I'm an immigrant myself right yeah uh, and so just them growing up in this different kind of world and different kind of space uh, I think has caused them to be uh, way more justice and compassion oriented. They seem to really care about people. What do you guys think? Let's ask the Gen Z. What do you think, Gen Z? Yeah, um, you know. I was going to say I'm totally lying. Everything I said is wrong. Completely off. Fact check me. Yeah, no, uh, I, I agree with you guys uh, in, in what you guys were saying. I think that uh, Gen Z, we see the world differently and, um, you know, we're not going to put up with the things that past generations put up with. Mm. 
Um, now we'll see what happens after the Rona and all these protests and, and where yeah. things shift and how they shift, right? But um, you can see that Gen Z is trying to make uh, an impact. I mean, you see people, mm -hmm. you see you see kids in other countries or, or Gen Zers in other yeah. countries protesting for Black Lives Matter. Isn't that crazy? Like, you see that in other countries, yeah. right? Because they're trying to take a stand against racism in another yeah. country. Um, where racism could be worse, it could be better over there, right? But they're taking a stance over there to support people here in America. Do you think that they have, like, this sense of unity over that? Like, responsibility for, like, standing up for George Floyd, even though it didn't happen in their country? That's one thing that I've seen, or that I've seen that's kind of just, like, I don't know, unique about this. That it's not just something local that's happening in, in our communities, which yeah. obviously it's happening in our communities. But, you know, they're protesting in the UK. They're protesting in well, Africa. I think, I think the you reason know? that's happened is, A, I think social media, right? Globalization yeah. has made us much closer. Probably what Alex was saying. 100%. But I think Gen Z is interacting and having conversations in ways that we never did, right? Hmm. And mobilizing each other in ways that we never did. Social media? Yeah, and once again, they're compassion-oriented. I think justice-oriented, and so they're willing to stand up. And then also... It seems like, to me, Black Lives Matter at this point has become more about uh, championing anywhere where somebody's oppressed. Because mm -hmm. I, I was watching the news a few weeks back, and uh, it just swept through Berlin in Germany. Wow. And there was this uh, woman of African descent on the TV talking about, man... The reason why we jumped on this thing is because, you know, there's oppression here. Like, I experienced racism as a as an African person in Germany. Wow. And so we're not going to tolerate it either. <laughs> and so it seems like... Young people. In the, Gen Zers? Yeah. In the wake of... Well, this was... Uh, it seemed like this one was probably a millennial. Okay. But, I mean, even as I... But that's true, millennials. Yeah, too. even as I see... I think millennials, like, we... Because I'm a millennial. Because I feel like we understood that that stuff was wrong. But we were a little bit more tolerant. Like, okay, we're going to wait until you guys die off and then we'll fix it. Gen Z is like, we ain't waiting. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, true. We're, we're not waiting. If you don't change now, we're going to crush your institution or we're going to take your institution. Yeah. We're going to stop your institution. Either way, we're going to get rid of it. And, and here's how I'm seeing it. Like, your world is obsolete. <laughs> so, like, either you get with the program or move out the way. And yeah. we know you're going to move out the way anyways because you ain't got that much longer left. Yeah. So we're just going to ignore you until you... You, do what we want. Pass on. I mean, yeah, think about Netflix. You know why Netflix changed back to allowing people to have multiple uh, uh, profiles on there? Remember, they were trying to stop that where you couldn't share profiles because Gen Zers were like, "This doesn't make sense." My, our buddy because you share, they share passwords with their friends and stuff. Yeah, and so they're like, "How come I live in an apartment and four people in this apartment have to share and all have a Netflix account?" You know what I mean? And so basically what happened was Gen Z said, fine, I'll just cancel the subscription. Yep, just like cancel them like crazy. And people talk about, oh, cancel culture, cancel culture. I mean, what is it that we've been taught if boycotting isn't a thing? You know what I mean? I mean, I that's mean, yay capitalism. Kind of the, the fabric of what it means to be American, Exactly. Right? And then I everyone's can put my dollars wherever I want. It. Exactly. And, so and if I, think, I don't want to put my dollars in your thing, I won't. And I think that when we talk about these things, people think that we sound bombastic. And perhaps it sounds bombastic, but you're not noticing the things that, that are very important, like people deciding, fine, young people deciding, I'm not going to buy your brands anymore. I'm not going to purchase your product anymore. I'm not going to come to your church anymore. 
like this is the thing that I think people who are in positions your house anymore. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna work socialize for your business. with you as a family. Don't have to. Yeah, that's what I think Alex means when you're saying like not putting up with it, right? Like, yeah, a hundred percent. I think I think um, you know one of the most important things right now for Gen Zers is is to have people who care about them in their lives, right? Mm-hmm. People who are actually going to mentor them and love them. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day. I think people, and I would say it's probably more the Gen Xers and the Boomers that are in positions of power in whatever institution you're talking about, right? Uh, hold this thing of power over them. Uh, when in reality, the thing is, whether it's an institution of a business, a church, or whatever, right? If it's a church, well, I can go online and look at someone who preaches better than you, who has a prettier church, who has better worship. If it's a business, you know, I can buy from this company that uh, sells it to me cheaper or uh, mm-hmm. does this and that, right? But mm-hmm. Gen Zers, like the only thing that those people have to offer Gen Zers is their personal relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And when they don't offer that personal relationship with them, it's when Gen Zers give them the finger and they, they, they just turn around. Because Bounce. Gen Zers can get, whatever you have to offer to them besides yourself, uh, they can go That's get someone else. So the only thing Dang. that you can offer them for them to stay is yourself. And That's I think, so true. And, and I've worked in institutions like that. I've been at places like that where uh, the upper mm. leadership is like that. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not putting up with you. I don't care. I'm done. That's so crazy, man. It's good. That is, it, that really is a difference in, in thinking generationally. Yeah. I mean, I had to put up with terrible bosses, like when I was a kid growing up, just because a, I mean, you had to take the jobs that you had in the area, yeah. you know, there wasn't yeah. the internet, you know, where you could just find jobs everywhere, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah. And so, man, you just had to deal with people. You know, and so part of me thinks like, dang, is Gen Z learning how to really do relationships? You know, is this something that could be difficult for them? But then at the same time, Gen Z may be showing us like, hey, you don't have to put up with that crap. Maybe the point is, is that we've learned how to just suck it up and keep a stiff upper lip and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and all this BS that we learned from the generations before us. And Gen Z saying, uh, 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 let me really show you how to live. (laughs) You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I think, too, because there's a lot of things happening in our world right now, and I think our goal with this podcast is to kind of give a little bit of commentary on what we're seeing with Gen Z as they engage these issues. So let's start with first things first, Rona Mm. or Mm. COVID-19. As that hit, um, what were you seeing, or what, and I'll, I'll jump in on this too, but what were you guys seeing from Gen Z as COVID started to circulate and as people started to have all these opinions about it. You know, there's varying perspectives. It's real, it's fake, um, it's man-made, it doesn't exist. It's a government ploy, you know, conspiracy theory type stuff, mm-hmm. new world order type stuff. And then, you know, hey, people aren't taking this seriously and people are dying as a consequence. What mm. What have you guys seen from Gen Z as the COVID conversation has been happening over the past few months? Yeah, um, I think one of the things I've seen about Gen Z is that, like, kind of like how you guys, how kind of how we were saying is that they care about others, right? So I've seen a lot of Gen Zers, uh, you know, social distancing and, and mm-hmm. trying to do the best to care for other people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other end, I think just like in any other generation and other people, you have people that are both sides on the issue that, you know, it's it's not as a big deal as it sure, is sure or it is right um but that's i think that's the way that i've seen it mostly i've seen people you know post about it and and trying to social distance and to be honest with you i've seen people make the best out of it like uh i i when i go there's this gym that i go to um close to my house 
in uh depending on what time of day i go like when i'd go at night and i'd leave um there'd be these kids <clears throat> there'd be these kids and they would each pull up their car socially distancing and then just open the trunk and just sit in the trunk and just talk to each other like that like respecting each other's space you know um, so that's, I think that's a really cool way of looking at it. And I think that's <laughs> the way that Gen Z, they're trying to make the best out of what they can. Like I've seen kids do their homemade, um, uh, proms and their homemade right. like graduation ceremonies, right? Like they're just trying to make the best that they can out of this. Cause I right, think right, at, right. at this point, one, situation, yeah. at this point, one of the things that I've seen with Gen Z is that uh, mm -hmm. kind of like the meme culture, right? If we, if we laugh about something, we're not hurting. So it's mm -hmm. almost like, man. What else can happen now? You know, like people yeah. are making jokes about, you know, the end of the world, you know, right. next week per se or whatever. That's how you cope with it. Though, yeah, because right? that's how you cope with it. Yeah, I saw a meme the other day and it was like July 2020 and it was a scene from Independence Day. <laughs> and this spaceship turns up over like New York and it's like, what could happen next? You know what yeah. I'm saying? And yeah, I definitely think for them, uh, like you said, making fun of it is a way to kind of deal with how hard of mm -hmm. a time this has been for them i mean yes graduations ruined right like uh moments where you know you're entering into um that next stage in life totally snatched from you right that's got to be tough man like really tough and that's not the first time that stuff like this has happened to them like this yeah. generation has grown up in the midst of uh financial socioeconomic issues right school shootings mm -hmm. um weird things happening at the border um you know yeah. sexual ethics kind of yeah. developing human trafficking I mean, some remember 9 11. you know what i'm saying it's so yeah. it's, and so it's like mm -hmm. there are so many things that have happened to this generation i think and so many things that they've seen and then like from a global perspective right there's things that they probably know that have happened around the world that i can't even remember you know i think about boko haram i think about just some of the terrible things that have happened you know uh shootings where you know uh who's that guy dylan roof yeah you know, ran up in the church and killed a bunch of people there's and just, you know they said that he prayed with those people too first yeah before he shot him. and so there's like well his intention was to start a race war right that's what he yeah. that was in his manifesto but mm -hmm. like they've grown up in the midst of so much stuff i just see a resilience in them man like yeah and i know that they're showing been, us what really matters they've been mocked and i know we've talked about this pre previously as a, a generation that's not very resilient resilient mm -hmm. but perhaps that isn't true perhaps they're the most resilient maybe it's that they just don't tolerate bs yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah and like you can't tolerate this stuff what's wrong with you and, and maybe <laughs> and maybe it's that they don't see the need and alex yeah. obviously you can kind of speak into this they don't see the need to pay their dues the same way we did they don't see the need to take that long hard road if mm -hmm. they don't need to you know well, what I think what it is is they've seen their parents do the right thing and it not work and it not work. <laughs> I, I've seen, yeah, I, you know, look at the stock market. Look at all of the things that have been so volatile, the wars that we fought and pulled out of and things not being fixed. I mean, like Alex was saying, since 9-11, if you just kind of take a, you know, a snapshot of the years after 9-11, there's been like thing after thing i mean the the things in london a lot of stuff that, i mean the, the two bombings yeah. you know like there's just been like an i'd say an era of violence you know that's that's a good way to put it bro and it's here and here it. we are now with another 
you know, violence in schools, violence in with, from the police, the people who are yeah. supposed to protect you. Yeah. So I think that there's this attitude that Gen Z has about institutionalism, about all of them, and they look at everyone who's supposed to be their leaders, and they're basically kind of like, seriously? Well, this guy. This guy, so, you're not going to do anything. <laughs> and then they look at our older generations who are perfectly comfortable putting people into positions of leadership that may not perhaps be a good leader, but because they're willing to jeopardize the whole for their own thing. I think Gen Z sees that too, it's just like as far as their leadership, like why they're drawn to more like calm, older leaders. I, I saw an interesting fact on Joe Biden that for some reason, like people feel safer with him. Younger, younger people feel really? safer with him. Yeah. It's interesting. Because of his age. <laughs> like he's an older grandpa figure. You get what I'm saying? And so the way that they, this is kind of back what to you were saying earlier, Gen Z is kind of like, I can get the best of everything on the internet. So basically, if I don't have you, then what do you have to offer me? Well, so here's here's the thing. <laughs> I, think there's, I think there's a misconception of past generations of what it means to uh, be resilient, right? Um, mm. So perfect example, um, that 70s show, right? You have... Um, it's based in the 70s, and the high school kids in the show are would be the boomers now, today, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you see the relationship between, like, a dad and a son in that show, mm. and it's not loving. It's this, hey, no, we don't talk about our feelings here, son. Just keep that inside, right? right? So when I see older generations, they're not – their way of resilience is to just, quote-unquote, deal fake with it, it and fake it, where yeah. – these our newer generation is like no why can't i talk about my feelings why can't i go right. see a therapist why can't i take medication for my depression right ptsd all this stuff yes. is coming out right yes. like we're, we're realizing that that's not what it meant to be manly and i mm. think uh, when mm, older generations good, when older generations look down on us they they see that because they think and they think that we're not resilient because we're maybe more emotional mm. You know what I'm saying? That's a good point. When actually it's a strength. It is you're strength. able yeah. to show. You're able to look inside of yourself and realize that there's something wrong with you. And then you're and willing to start unpeeling the onion. That's Man. really interesting to think about because, once again, I think one of the earmarks of Gen Z, and I think even we've talked about this, and I think this is the beauty of having conversation as you have conversation. Your thoughts and perspectives continue to evolve and change. Uh, on certain things, right, as you become more informed. But as I think about this, we've always said that. Um, well, I think Gen Z has high emotional intelligence, but I don't think they've been known, and I haven't always seen Gen Z do a good job of processing their emotions. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time, if we look at what came before them, they did an even worse job of processing their emotions. Mm -hmm. So, like, how can we expect... Gen Z to do a good job of processing their emotions mm. when we don't even talk about emotions. But they're valuing them. Yeah, exactly. And so, and, and in that Why do sense, they value them? And in that sense, they're more mature. Because they're Because at least right. they're willing to come out and say, like, hey, I feel this way and I don't know how to deal with That's it. That's why I was saying, I you think that they saying? looked at their parents' lives and they said, yeah, mom and dad, we have the nice neighborhood. Yeah, mom and dad, but we have the nice other. cars, but you hate each other. Alcoholics, I don't like your alcoholics. You're doing everything you can to maintain this American dream. And it's like, what is it ultimately that we that older generations have been trying to give their kids? Like, what is it? Well, ultimately, right, we're getting to this idea of money being the thing that rules everything. And mm. the, the, 
the best. It's not thing. just money. Okay. It's Power like a, a, a ridiculous amount. It seems to me when when I consider like I have friends all over the world, and some of them, I mean, literally came from villages. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and live yeah. in have lived in much dire straits than anyone that I really know here in the States. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. But there's this optimism, there's this joy, there's this this happiness. There's not this sense of like, I've really been robbed in life. You know what I mean? And sometimes when you see things here, I think in America, it's like we think the way to make people happy is to give them more stuff. And I think that that's what we've done with our kids. You know what I mean? Like give them more and more and more stuff. And they're Sweet like, point. man... I don't need more stuff. I need kind of like what you were saying there. This generation is like, I don't, I can get stuff anywhere. You know, I can be a streamer, a, a YouTube streamer, make my own money, buy my own stuff. Like, do I have you? Mm. And I think that that's the thing that ultimately is kind of, even with our society as we interact more on social media, man, to have someone physically in your life. And that's where a lot of people don't understand with this, like the older generation doesn't understand this whole thing of like, you know, just throw a fact in someone's face and be like, well, facts don't care about your feelings or um, Gosh. these statistics and, you know, like this, you know, educated answer, right? Like, that's be not a robot. Work. I only respond to facts. That's not going to work. It's true. And I think. <laughs> you know like, what I'm saying? Uh, and I was sharing this with my buddy earlier as I went and did a thing at their church, right? I was talking about orthodoxy and orthopraxy, but there's also something called orthopathy. Mm. Uh and it's kind of like the idea of processing through your emotions. Mm. And now that's as it relates to God, right? Mm. But the the reality is we have so done away with or discarded the inner life in America, mm. right? And it's all about what I have and what I can see, taste, touch, feel. Mm. And it's not about what's going on on the inside and how how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about life, how we feel about um, our family and our friends and different things of that nature. And so we've just departed from that. And I think a lot of that is because the thing that we herald most in this culture is empiricism, right? We we herald science and math. Explain so okay. Two and two plus two has scientific to be four, right? Yes. Right. And so because I can't scientifically prove something, it must mean that it's not true. Mm. And that's not true. <laughs> right. Well, you know the thing saying? about right. that that's interesting, too, is, like, you know, the person that can bring data to prove it, like, well, where are you bringing that data from? How are you doing the data, right? So, like, there's it's, – it's biased, right? No matter kind of yeah. – all, yeah. yeah. all data is it's biased. All data is biased. All data is rhetoric. Yeah, because rhetoric. You, have to, <laughs> you have to interpret the data. Anytime, anytime a human being picks up anything and reads it, or uh, processes it and regurgitates it, they're doing it through the lens by which they interpret exactly that particular thing, right? It's the same reason why we could take all the punctuation out of a sentence and all three of us read it and read it a completely different way. Right. Right, because it's how we interpret the sentence right. based on how we learn in school, based on how our parents speak to us, based on how we speak now, based on, you know what I'm saying, all those different mm -hmm. types of things that play a part in how we interpret the world and I think um, one of the things that the moderns did the boomers right was they're super cranial logical and they kind of threw away that in a hard mm. life and what we're seeing is a swing in the other direction mm. in the postmodern sense uh, and mm. so as I think about 
this as it pertains to emotions and corona or coronavirus, right? Corona. One of the things that I think made me sad about what Gen Z's gone through is because of their outward emotionalness mm -hmm. and them processing through that stuff and perhaps not always knowing how to deal with it, obviously we've seen a spike in mental health issues, right? Mm -hmm. As kids have been more sequestered to their homes and yeah. unable to um, connect with their um, structures that have kind of like held them and propped them yeah, up in life, right? Teachers school. and friends and structure that they got in class mm -hmm. and I mean, athletics, even, exactly. Right. So all Coaches that was removed, your life. right? Yeah. All that, all those things that helped make your life what it was have been removed. Yeah. And so we've seen them struggle. And I mean, I know for me personally, man, like three or four weeks in, bro, I started to feel like I was losing my mind. Yeah. Like there was just, it just started to feel really strange. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like for that people. frustration started to sell in. And I'm a 30 year old mm -hmm. man. So I can't imagine what that felt like for a, 15 year old girl or boy you know what i'm saying yeah. i think i think for some people who have grown up with stability in their lives these times feel strange but for people like myself who've grown up in unstable times times like these are exciting and i don't know how to explain it any other way because i can think of when i was a kid i'd be in a bad situation and whenever something really bad happened that always meant i was moving I was going somewhere else. Yeah, I was getting you just, out of you learn how to thrive in chaos. Yeah, you know what I mean? And there are people like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's true of an entire generation, though. Okay. And, and I think that this generation has been, has been baptized in chaos. Mm. And so for them, you know, the white picket fence and the two and a half kids and all of that stuff, it's mm. like that is not an, an American dream. That's an American fantasy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, they see that as absolute nonsense. Like, you exactly. guys are tripping. That's a yeah, good point. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. When, and, and especially when they consider all the things that have to be done to achieve that. You get what I'm saying? Mm. Because there's a certain way that, that generations before have said, do this, and that's what will get you there. And what Gen Z we is... Found out that's not true. And here's essentially what I see with Gen Z. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. They're saying, I'm not going to sacrifice my temporary happiness for long-term pleasure because I don't even know if long-term's a thing. This thing called marriage that was supposed to be till death do us part, I saw my parents not keep their word on that. This thing called school, the people who are supposed to protect me and love me, they're not doing enough to outlaw guns and, and to keep it out like obviously mm. corporate interest matters more than my own life. So this place that I'm supposed to go... stuff, so they're not yeah, just saying... They've they researched it. And you want to talk about statistics and data, Gen Z will whoop out data on you quicker than anyone knows. Hey, don't, don't even weird. bring up the church. Oh, oh that's when me. things get really bad. Yeah. So for me, I think with Gen Z... The issue is a little bit deeper than, than just, you know, they have a, a way of laughing stuff off. Like, these guys are, are, are much deeper, you know, in their thoughts about these things. And so I think for us, who are, who are the older generations that are looking to kind of, like, help lead them, we got to be real conscientious of that. Well, yeah. I, think, uh, I think, and I said, this the, I said this the other day, Gen Z is ready to lead, but there's not that many people that are ready to lead them. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Well, so... Easily because they want to lead them their way, yeah. So, Gen Z, so okay, so you have a grandma, right? Who's teaching a grandma how to use her phone? Her grandkid, mm -hmm. right? So, her grandkid's teaching grandma something now, mm -hmm. which in past generations it was never like that, right? So, now you have kids 
that know how to use technology to you know reach their friend in another country and donate money to them and do all this mm-hmm. like kids are ready to lead because uh, but they don't have people around them that are actually pouring into them the right way mm-hmm. and, and mentoring them the right way not like how you said just trying to get something out of them just like walking mm-hmm. with them through their decisions Dang. like there's nothing i can tell so i have a younger sister right and mm-hmm. like we have conversations all the time and there's nothing like i can i can't tell her what to do it's hey mm-hmm. i this is my experience i've done this and this is what's happened to me and these are your options if you do it now i don't know which one's going to happen that's your decision to make mm-hmm. i can't make the decision for you and even if i told her what to do she would be like well all my friends are doing it or well this statistic said this or you mm-hmm. know like the world works differently like this right like like any yeah. in like in any other institution sure. where they tell you how to do it and yeah. then you realize that well no one else is doing it this way anymore right like i was working at a place where i had to fill like i had um i had to get a check to go do something instead of like having a card or money it's so yeah. weird the way that everyone does everything yeah. all the I've time i've never used a check well, in this my is life. how we do stuff yes. around here yes right. i've never used a check right. in my whole life that was the first time i did it and they look at me at me like i was an idiot basically wow even though they never taught me to use that i was supposed yeah. to use a check yeah and so you know kind of to circle back around to my point gen z is not going to wait on their happiness because they understand that they could die at any moment what has school taught them what has coronavirus taught them? Mm. What has police brutality taught them? At any point in time, because you're black, because you're unhealthy, or because you go to school, your life could end. Because the people in authority over you, the government, who should help you with health care, your parents, who should vote and get these gun laws dealt with, they're not going to protect you. The government's not going to protect you. Who's going to protect you? You. And so Gen Z is like, no one's going to protect me. i got to protect myself. Uh, do what my elders are telling me so that at, I might get happiness one day if I survive this Holocaust called life. <laughs> uh, you know, so there, yeah. The, and, and I say that to laugh so that we don't cry. But man, can people listen to the stuff I've just rattled off? Like these kids, as I said earlier, have been baptized in violence, in chaos. And so how can you expect them not to that's value? That's interesting you say that because we always chalk that up to video games and yeah, all the things that they're consuming online, but it's like it's the political decisions that their parents know, made about the wars that we those, got into, the the laws that we allowed to be passed, the, the way. To, it's like we. Miss, it's our responsibility, and we're blaming them. That's yeah, why they look it. back on us and they say these are the leaders. Nah, you guys are jokers, man. It's good, bro. So transition in a little bit. Yeah. Let's uh, dive into piece two, which is. Um, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement that's kind of blown up right now. We kind of touched on it a little bit in the beginning. And uh, I want to touch on it a little bit here as well as we see, and I don't know about you guys, but as I've been paying attention, I just see droves of young people, man. Yeah. Teenagers out there. Um, I see young Latinos, young whites, young blacks, right? Out there marching in the streets, protesting. I mean, obviously there's been some rioting and different things of that nature. What's cool now is that stuff's gone away and people are still peacefully protesting consistently. I mean, there's a protest this weekend, right? Mm. And so, um, what do you guys think about that? What do you guys, what do you guys think Gen Z seeing and hearing and doing in the midst of the death of George Floyd, which obviously is the seed that went into the ground and made this whole thing erupt? I mean, whether you 
whatever you think about him doesn't matter. The fact is his death triggered something that has set off this global mm -hmm. chain reaction, right? Um, and for whatever reason, people have said, we're not gonna tolerate it anymore. And like I said, we're seeing Gen Z, like they're everywhere. Yeah. And so why is that? What's happening? What do you mm -hmm. guys think? Yeah, um, so I think the way that I see it, and I, I, think it's a, I think it's a beautiful thing that people are coming together, right? I, again, mm -hmm. regardless of where people stand on the issue, I think it's beautiful to see people come together um, in times like this, I think is amazing. Um, I think the younger generation, in many cases, right, they, they've seen their mothers and fathers and their grandparents uh, do this thing in life, right, and never get anywhere. Right. It's almost like like they work, you know, 18 hours a day and then uh, tomorrow, um, you know, all the money that they spend goes back pretty much back to their employer because they got to, you know, pay rent and do all these things. Right. So and, and so they've kind of they've lived seeing their parents and their grandparents almost have no hope for tomorrow. Right. No hope for something better in this life, mm -hmm. and 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 then you get, and then this is also the reason why so many kids leave the church because they're taught this idea that uh, my social issues are uh, gone and my social issues will will never be fixed here on earth, right? Mm -hmm. So kids are like, well, how come I can't bring justice to this world? Why do I have to wait to to go to heaven, right? Yes. Um. So then kids are like, you know what? Screw that. I'm gonna leave the church because they're not dealing with my issues. Because they don't care about. Because the they world. don't care about the world. And they don't care about my friends. They don't care exactly. about my gay friends. Yeah. They don't care about my black friends. They don't care about my Latino friends. Dang. So I'm out here. Yeah, and and so so then they're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm leaving that, and then I'm gonna protest because we need to do something about it, right? We need to we need to go forward and do something. But on the other hand, it blows my mind and it makes me sad that I see so many people be so, so um, how do I say this? So just ignorant of the issue, just not wanting to accept the fact that something is going on, right? This idea that that their people are oppressed because they want to be oppressed or, or because or they, because of the democrats passed certain legislation they haven't done anything right to, yeah. to be able to move themselves right like and ultimately then you get into the fact of like oh what so like if someone's been pushing you down the whole time because you weren't strong enough to push yourself up you were down there well no they're pushing you down right right um and i think that you know you see all these you see these it's really showing you who people are on social media. It's showing you the things that they're saying, how they're not even, you know, they see this video. I saw someone post about the, the Atlanta guy who just uh, got murdered mm -hmm. by a cop a couple of days ago, right? And, you know, they're just, they're doing all these justifications for the police officer. And I'm thinking to myself, like, someone died. Like, regardless of what happened, someone died. Yeah. And you are showing to little to no emotion towards it. Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day and it said, Someone needs to hear this, but just because somebody's guilty of a crime doesn't mean they deserve to die either yeah. by the police. And so there's this narrative, I think, in our culture that is like, hey, if um, when somebody dies at the hands of the police, whether that be justified or unjustified, right? Um, we always, when evaluating this, and I think particularly as it pertains to people of color, we will say, well, well, uh, did they commit a crime? Did they do something wrong? Did they comply? 
And so we ask all these questions. Or it was the police officer's yeah. right because he was frightened. Yeah, he was afraid for his life. So mm -hmm. we ask all these questions that implicitly Better to be say, judged by 12 than carried by 6. Right. You have to explain that. <laughs> Basically, that's a saying that the police have when they encounter someone and they or feel... At least, to be fair, some police have, right? Yeah. This is what I read on an article. If you go look at my uh, social page on Facebook, I had posted it. Um, and it was... Uh, a police officer who was sharing the culture inside of PD from from where he had worked and uh, the thing that he had said was a common uh, phrase better to be judged by 12 than carried by six and essentially what he was meaning is if you're in a situation where you're afraid by, for your life kill that person because you don't want to die you'd rather if you're gonna die have 12 people in a courtroom sentence you to death rather than some thug gun you down and you gun him down first people. yeah and so yeah there's a lot of assumptions in that yeah and that's not to um cast judgment on it just shows the framework and police mentality. officers or anything of that yeah. nature and even that i have to say this is sad but i have to say it because of right. where we are right right it's the framework are you that saying you hate the police exactly. jordan it's a framework that exists that pits us against each other right and there are things that we believe about people that we don't know because of the way they look or the way they act, right? Or what part of town they're in that determine how we're gonna respond to them. And then the same is true for all of us, but the police have been put in a, a position to protect us, right? Protect and yeah. serve. And so they have a little different position than most people in society. Yeah. But to harken back to um, kind of Gen what we're Z. talking about with Gen Z and them well, right. that's why they're in the street. Pro yeah, 100%. And I think this is interesting, too, because I think there'll probably be a lot of people out there that would say, well, this coronavirus thing, I thought they cared about it. Why are they out there in the streets? And I've been thinking about this, and I'm thinking, maybe they think this is worth the risk in their life. I think they're just you gangsters. Know you know what I'm saying? There's no, hey, you can't put a mask on for, for being black, right? Like you can put a mask on for the whole coronavirus, but... You can't mm -hmm. do that for... Maybe they've... That's what I'm saying. Maybe they've determined, like, okay, I understand there's this virus and I could catch it. But perhaps me standing up for this issue is more important than my life. They're just gangsters. That's the only way I know how to look at it. <laughs> Not... And, and I say that in a silly way. They're brave, man. Like, yeah. they've had to... If you just consider what it has meant for this generation to go to school. Mm -hmm. We have sent kids into a potential war zone. You know... With why? Because of the gun laws that we have passed and that we tolerate in this country. Situation the same way. Why are they in the streets? Because they've realized you can't legislate this stuff. People are going to keep passing laws, and if you're not going to listen to public discourse, you're going to listen to violence. Yeah. The reason they're in the streets is because they're saying, "Listen to me." And if we don't come to the table and start talking to Gen Z, and start listening. And this is the, th for me, I'm freaking proud of Gen Zers because they are doing what I wish I had the courage to do when I was a young person. There were so many things that I saw as a young person, but I doubted, I didn't believe myself. It wasn't until I was like in my late teens that I discovered chat rooms. And that thing was so new for me when I discovered it, to be honest, <laughs> those conversations weren't the most wholesome. Right. You know what I mean? But now we've got MSN this, Messenger and you know what I'm saying? But we've got this new way of looking it's like we've had this coming of age of technology where mm -hmm. technology is not a kid anymore it's a teenager it's an adult it's growing up and the people who grew up with it are like all of a sudden realizing they're wiping their eyes and like man i can use this thing for this not just to send pictures of myself or like look at someone's food it's like dang i can change the world with this thing people yeah. will listen to me yeah 
And I think that's... Uh... So, yeah, that's why I think they're in the streets. Yeah. Because they're like, you know what? We're in the streets. That's just some gangster stuff, man. Meet me in the streets, son. That's what too, they're saying. I mean, look at, look at that's happened. how I see it, bro. I mean, look at what's happened. <laughs> Where, you know, Trump signs the executive order for police reform. You know, there are things actually happen. I mean, there's a consequence of protest. Yes, right? because of Gen Z. Gen Z did that. They're starting to realize, I think, too, like that this whole two-party system thing for voting doesn't work. Like, I've seen so many people start, like, posting about that, and it's just going to be Being so interesting to see what happens to the political party in the next... Imagine if Gen Z, like, all the Gen Z is that, like, you know, are 18 and older said, all right, we're all going to register to vote, and we're going to vote. We're gonna vote in this direction. I wonder what would happen. I just I wonder. Cool. So as we close this thing today, uh, with a little bit of Christian perspective, as we always do, uh, which I think is really pivotal in this conversation. I feel like there's a lot of things that are really hard to make sense of without faith, without Christianity, without this idea that God has made every human being in His image and in His likeness, and we have inherent dignity and value and worth. And as a consequence, nobody should be able to take that away from anybody. And anywhere where the Imago Dei is being devalued is an affront to the God of the universe. And so I think this is, A, why um, some of the responses we've seen from the church in particular are that egregious. Mm -hmm. And also, B, why it is so necessary for us as Christians to stand up in this cultural moment, or if you would call yourself a Christian, a person of faith why it's so important for you to stand up right now and be counted. Mm -hmm. And as it pertains to Gen Z, the thing that I see with them is that, once again, and, and I know Alex kind of mentioned this earlier, like they care about justice, man. Yeah. They care about people. And so justice for them is always in the context of people, which I think that's the way God intended it, right? Like mm -hmm. in Christ, God pours out his justice on his son so that we can be reconciled to him. It's very relational in nature. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't become a people who show how just God is, not just by saying it because we read it in the right. Bible, <laughs> right. not just because some theologian wrote a book on it mm -hmm. or somebody preached a sermon on it, but because we actually live it out, yeah. right? they're going to abandon the faith. And here's what's crazy about it. We have people out there who are like, wouldn't call themselves a believer, right? And so I would argue that that concept is a Christian concept they've taken and they're living it out better than we are. Shame on us, bro. Yeah, the incarnation. Shame on us as God's people, right? right? That we would allow something like that to happen. Mm -hmm. That's great, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. You guys got any thoughts on that? Totally, yeah. No, I just feel like uh, for me, it's the whole Matthew 25 thing. What you've done to the least of these, I think it's Matthew 25, right? Okay. What you've done to the least of these, you've done to me. And I think Jesus takes it personally, how we treat people, especially people who are vulnerable. Mm. And when you consider Gen Zers, young people, mm -hmm. they're saying like, hey, no one's no one's looking out for the least of these. When you consider minorities and, yeah. and, and the things that our government has done yep. to immigrants, to people of color, like it's the people who are the least of these in our society, the poor, the oppressed, human trafficking. We've seen like you know these wealthy people who have these crazy weird sex rings and they're exploiting poor young girls it's like what are poor people just the food for rich people to feed off of so they can live their comfortable lives it's like man there's like this view that has to change in american society 
And for me, the, the only view that really handles that without it just becoming violence and chaos and, like I said, gangsters in the street, it's like understanding, especially, like you said, how dare us name the name of Christ and, and not those of us who, who do not take seriously Matthew 25. Mm. And I think we're reaping the consequences of that as a, as a church. So mm. Gen Z is making us take it seriously. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Um, so I think think that whoever it is in in your circle of sphere right whether they make it as a youth pastor or they're whether you know someone makes it out of a bad situation right um we need to realize that those people that make it need to come back into their own communities and free them from the oppression with the power that they have mm. they need to not just be the adopted son of god but they need to be a God, they need to be God adopting others into that circle as well, right? Mm. Um, and I think, you know, it's it's easy to get caught up in reading, you know, your theology books. It's easy to get caught up in listening to sermons and all this other stuff, right, that um, can be a blessing and a curse as well, right? But I think mm. we also need to understand that theology, when you see who Jesus spends time with, he spends time with the poor, the oppressed, and the marginalized. The outsiders. So we need to take what the outsiders are saying and doing seriously, and maybe we need to put down our books and go spend more time with them. Mm. 100%. That's good, man. And I think that's the point, right? We don't have a relationship with people that don't look like us, and Gen Z does. Mm. And look how they responded. Man. And so that should tell us all we need to know. And that's not to say that they have everything right, because I think if we can marry what we understand with what they've experienced, we can see something incredible happen, mm. right? But the problem is we are pitting those two things against each other. Mm. And here's the problem, we're the ones who are supposed to lead. Mm. So we're guilty of failure because we're leading them down mm. a ditch, right? Because we're not mm. doing what we're supposed to be doing. And okay. so um, we have a unique opportunity to lead this generation. And I think this generation and, and, and when I say lead, I don't know if maybe we need to throw that word away. Um, we we need to let them lead take and take responsibility. And we have a unique opportunity to impart wisdom into this generation and watch them lead. Mm, um, that's good. And I believe, I genuinely believe that they can really begin to change the way our world looks. And I believe that a Gen Z church can really begin to do some crazy influential things in the world that we live in. Wow. But I think what has to happen is millennials have to get out the way like i think we as millennials already have to be thinking that our time is over yeah like i'm already thinking about my time being over mm-hmm. <clears throat> you get what i'm saying yes and so <laughs> i do if and so what i have to understand is my responsibility is to gather everything i can to learn everything i can so that i can develop as many young people as possible so that i can empower and equip as many young people as possible and so if that's not my endeavor, if my endeavor is to build something so I can stand on the top of it. If you're not trying money, to use them to stay in power as long as possible, exactly. if you're actually trying to change the world, if you're trying to take all the young people up, with energy, pour into them so they can actually do it, then yeah, that's that's a little different. And so yeah, I think <laughs> we need to take that mindset and that approach. Mm-hmm. I think we need to take that mindset and approach when it comes to business, man. I think yeah. when it comes to the church, when it comes to education and all those types of things, everything. I think we got to reframe this thing, man. And Re- I think if we don't, Gen Z will throw it yeah, out. They'll, they'll, they'll tear it down and reframe it anyways. And they'll do it without us. So we're either going to be along for the ride or kicked out of the car. Exactly. So <laughs> make your choice, man. All right.
All right. Episode 34 in the books. RLTK PHX Real Talk Phoenix. Uh, grateful to be with you again in this fashion. Uh, you got questions, comments, hit us up. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, LinkedIn, RLTK PHX. Beginning of the conversation, not the end. We will see you guys again soon. We love you. Peace. Peace. Peace out.